Grace and peace to you. Hello, it's good to see you. Friends, where is home to you? What does home to you look like and feel like? My home is the manse here in Brazil Ballon. However, where my parents live, the house that we moved to when I was three years old, that's also home to me. Oddly enough, my dearest friends have just bought a new home in Dundee, and I've been to it once. And then I sat in the garden and only went inside to use the loo, doing COVID things as you would expect. And you know what? Even though I have barely been inside their new home, I feel at home there too. It's a very different kind of home to the manse in my childhood home, but it doesn't matter. I feel at home with them. And I think that's the point. Home is not a building. Home's a community. Home is with people. Yes, we delight in the memories of things people have done in the spaces we inhabit, but it's the people that make a house a home. In our reading today, as we continue through our summer with David, we hear the words of God spoken to David through the prophet Nathan. The word of God spoken to Nathan is about building a home for the ark of God. God's promise to David. After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers who am commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pastor, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth, and I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them any more, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. 
I will be his father and he will be my son. Here we are in the story of David, the brilliant and flawed man chosen by God to lead his people. At this point, David is continuing to use the Ark of the Covenant, the focal point of God's presence on earth, to bring legitimacy to him being king and the city of Jerusalem at the centre of that kingdom. David is doing this. He's making clear to the Israelites that they have reached a point where they are established enough and safe enough to build a temple. We should be blunt about this. There are several reasons for David to do it. It could be that he's expressing gratitude and praise to God. It could be that David's playing politics. But whatever his reasoning, David is showing that the people of Israel are no longer a people on the move. They can put down roots. They can start to acquire things and not face the same threats and worries that they had in the past. It's time to build a house of God. And as we've heard in the reading, there's a play on the word house. It switches from meaning a physical building to meaning a family dynasty. The house of God. It started as a place to keep the physical representation of God on earth. The house of David. It became a dynastic line that reached the fully human and fully divine presence of God through Jesus Christ walking the earth. The kingdom of David, a flawed community who lived under a flawed ruler and tried to live in accordance with the law, the 613 rules contained in the Torah. The kingdom of God, a flawed community that lives under a perfect ruler, who try to love God with all their mind and all their soul and love their neighbor as they love themselves. The kingdom of God is not some faraway place. It isn't caught up in some building or held in an ark with gold cherubim on top of it. The kingdom of God, the house of God, the home of God, the community of God. This is now and we have to live it now. Let us build a house where love can dwell. Let us build a house where community can dwell. I'm sure you noticed that there was a football match last weekend. And I'm sure you noticed that after the football match, a number of the black English players who didn't score the penalties, penalties they stepped forward to take, were racially abused. Does that happen in a community that loves its neighbour? No. Do people of colour get told to go home and have monkey emojis sent to them in a house where love dwells? No. It's clear to us that this kind of behaviour is not acceptable and needs addressing with the full force of hate speech legislation. So we must speak out. We must speak out if we're trying to build a world where love can dwell. If we are building the kingdom of God, where all people are loved and valued for who they are. If we're doing that, we need to speak out against things like this. Being fully aware that it doesn't happen in a vacuum. 
I don't anticipate anyone hearing my voice identifies as part of this problem. However, I think we all need to identify as part of the solution. We need to act. Maybe it's simple things, like reporting posts that are racist or misogynist or homophobic or whatever when we encounter them on social media. We need to support and join with those making points about racial abuse and injustice through simple actions, such as taking the knee. Maybe we can simply ask people in conversation to explain why jokes made at the expense of others are funny. To feel at home has nothing to do with the building and everything to do with community. To feel at home, each one of us needs to be accepted and valued for who we are by that community. To build the kingdom of God, to build the community of God, we need to actively speak out against the words and actions that hurt, alienate, dehumanize our fellow humans who are, like us, made in the image of God. Politics is about how we live with each other. Highlighting racial abuse and injustice is important. Do it while the world watches, at work and at play. Do it in food banks and whilst taking the knee. Call out the big and visible acts that marginalise. Call out the jokes and banter that aren't funny. Shout aloud that we are all human. Shout aloud that hate and racism are abhorrent. Amen.